Today on Locked On Red Wings, Steve Eiserman spends big in free agency. Your Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I'm a podcast producer for the Daily J, a WWJ News Radio podcast. Well, Scotty's host over at Locked On Tigers, as well as a freelance journalist for the Detroit News. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel, the official sports book of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. And I'm going to be honest with you guys, with as big of a splash, or as many splashes, I should say, as Steve Eisman made, in free agency days, day number one, uh, it's going to be pretty much impossible to give you in-depth breakdowns of every single signing today. So what we're going to do is today we're kind of just going to go go through who they signed, give overall reactions and thoughts, uh, talk about like why maybe some of these signings got made, um, our, our favorite and least favorite signing, um, and then kind of talk about the direction of the team given these signings as well because it's just there's a discussion to be had there. Um, but we, as far as in-depth conversations about each individual player, I think that'll happen across this week and maybe a little bit in the next week because of the fact that we are also at five days a week for the next two weeks. And then we go down to three on July 17th. We go into off-season mode. So because we have so much time left to kill um, until we go down three days a week, we're, we're going to be doing the players kind of not like one player an episode, but we'll do three an episode probably and then get get through the week. But today, just initial reaction, initial thoughts. Scotty, how was your weekend? And what was your thought process on this? What ended up being a very active free agency for Steve Eiserman? Yeah, man. I mean, it, it was a it was a busy one for sure. Um, there, I mean, obviously, a lot happened in Detroit uh, in regards to NHL free agency. I mean, I don't even know like where to really begin, right? Because, like, so much <laughs> happened. They brought in Well, first so Twitter much... broke. Sorry? First Twitter broke. Yes. For Well, that <laughs> yeah. I don't even want to go down that rabbit hole. But, yes, the fact that uh, tw- I, I didn't, it intentionally broke uh, right when, the, the like, one of the biggest sports days of the year, an NBA and NHL free agency happening at the same time. So that was kind of humorous for sure. But uh, thank goodness post notifications still work. So I still got from, <laughs> from Elliot still gave me, keep me up to date on everybody. But uh, I mean, I, I don't know where, where do we start? Where do you have any idea where you want to start? Let's do chronologically. Okay, I woke up sure. on a Saturday morning and the Red Wings had bought out Kyler Yamamoto. So mm-hmm. we talked, we talked the other day and we talked about how like Kyler Yamamoto was like the guy we put a lot of the emphasis on, but we talked about why the trade even happened. And we had this idea pop in our head that maybe taking on Yamamoto's contract was the cost that the Red Wings had to give back in order to get Clint Costin. We had talked about how maybe Costin was the guy that the Red Wings actually wanted. And that proved to be true. Apparently there was uh, conversations that the Red Wings wanted to keep Kyler Yamamoto, but they opted to just buy him out because his Given his age, they only have to pay him one-third of his salary for the next yeah. two years. So it's like five hundred and four hundred thousand dollars nothing at all. Um, and they got Clem Costin on a, a brand-new deal. Uh, they signed him to, a, I believe, a two-year deal worth $2 million each. Uh, clearly, this is a guy that Steve Eisenman is going to bring a definite edge to the bottom six and provide a lot of physicality that that team lacked. And, I mean, he played really sheltered minutes with Edmonton, and it's a guy that he thinks that could 
have a little bit of an offensive uptick as well. I mean, 21 points in 57 games, the Oilers this last season, he might think that maybe he can eclipse 30 and just provide an extra little bit of scoring and edge down there in the bottom six, which is much needed. Yeah, hundred percent. I, I think, and I mean, we'll keep going into detail. They added a lot of people that not a lot, several people that kind of have the ability to fit that mold. But yeah, I, I think the, the one thing that this team with the amount of players that the amount of holes that they had going into this off season, uh, the, whether it's players leaving or just like not mainstays at the bottom of, you know, bottom six and bottom four defensively. Like the one thing that they had to offer was playing time, right? Like they, they had yeah. that. And then that's something that, you know, the, the stacked rosters at the top of the league or whatnot don't obviously have. So yeah, when you have cap space and the ability to, to play people that makes you, uh, able to to pull off trades like that and take on, you know, the buyouts, whatever. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then the Red Wings re-signed Matt Luff, the dog. The dog. Uh, one year, $775,000. That's really close to the, um, it's a two, two-way contract as well. It's a two-way contract. So he has a minor salary of 400000 It's really close to the league minimum, I think, if it's not already. Uh, so that was just a, a depth piece. Again, like we saw last season, those pieces are important. For when injuries happen, you have guys to call up who can play and eat yeah. NHL minutes. Perfectly fine with bringing Luff back. I have no qualms with that. Yep, two-way uh, as well. That, that was pretty – I think when we talked about him a, a, like a month or so ago, we said, like, yeah. fine as long as it's a two-way, and there you go. I mean, with him and Zarnik down in the AHL, you have guys who can eat uh, NHL minutes. So this one surprised me. Gustav Lindstrom re-signed. Uh, when the Red Wings did not, they gave him a $950,000 salary, and I think they saved – his qualifying offer would have been nine hundred ninety. So they saved $40,000 by not giving him a qualifying offer. We, we were talking pretty confidently. Like it was sounded like he was gone. Yeah. And we were like, I mean, he obviously team, the Red Wings desperately need a right-handed defenseman, but he just was not playing like in our eyes, not that we know anything, but like in our eyes, an NHL caliber uh, style of game. And when they didn't qualify him, we were like, he gone. Yep. And then he back. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I mean, I mean like, yeah, it'll, it's a, it's a depth thing. Uh, we'll, we'll see. Uh, how much how many like opportunities he actually gets but yeah it definitely sounds like with it being a one year like a this is your final chance to like prove you can be it but i think he'll probably it's also serve. expendable if he doesn't perform it yeah. it's gonna cost them nothing to part ways i think he'll probably just end up being your seventh d-man again cycling in if anything At um best, yeah but i mean that does it for the guys that they quote-unquote brought back because clem costin obviously hadn't played a game but they had his rights yeah um now we get into the exciting stuff uh, do you want to talk goaltenders? Because I guess I don't know. Can't remember what happened chronologically first. Justin Hull or the goalie? Goalies? No, I think I think the goalies happened first. Awesome. Um, At least so, one of them did. I think Reimer happened first. I think that was he, the first move we made. Uh, so we talked a lot about how the Red Wings desperately needed a backup, um, and we knew they were going to go out there and get one. They signed two goalies. Um, James Reimer, obviously out of San Jose. They signed him to a one-year deal with a modified seventeen no-trade uh, clause, one point five million dollars. For me, signing Reimer, it clearly indicates that Philly Huso is the starter and he is the backup. Like that's how that feels because he had a pretty down year. I want to say throughout his career, James Reimer has been a pretty solid netminder. Yeah, oh yeah. His statistics: this is the first year James Reimer has ever had a save percentage dip below nine hundred, but it was a brutal eight ninety this season on a bad Sharks team. And I know his goal saved to have expected were in the negative as well. So, like, you can actually say, you can actually say part of it was because of his play. 
But as a one year, just like we need a backup goalie for our for Vili Huso, like I actually don't mind this signing, um, especially if he can maybe reclaim what he had done, what we know he can do from his career and not like what was last year. Yeah, I mean, this is uh, obviously, like you said, this past season was like comfortably the worst year of his career. It's not even really close. Uh, and this year will be his age 35 season. So he's not like a long term, you know, kind of option back there either. But as a uh, I don't know, I, I think the word flyer is kind of overused, but like as, as a stopgap, right, as someone who like, OK, there's we talked a lot like the the free agent market in general uh there there wasn't a lot of like long term kind of goalies that fit the bill of what you were looking for like you were looking for somebody who could play you know 30 to 40 games and and was relatively young and you could plug in there with Huso for the next couple of years that really didn't exist so uh going out and and getting someone who is 2 years removed or i guess a year removed rather from a 9-11 save percentage just at, you know, two years, two seasons ago at 48 games played as well over half of the season. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I I don't mind it. And then they obviously got a little bit of insurance with the next dude we'll talk about, I'm sure. Yeah, and for what it's worth, I think he will bounce back, especially on a Red Wings team, which, I mean, albeit isn't a playoff team, or at least wasn't this last season, is still better Sharks than the Sharks. Awful. I th- and, and intentionally so. I do think he will bounce back and have a better year, more in line with what he has had throughout his career. And he is capable, as we have seen these last two years with the Sharks, playing 40-plus games and yeah. putting up good numbers. That that Not this past year, but the season prior, the 21-22 season, like you said, 48 games, 9-11 save percentage. So, he, you know, as I said, Vili Husso is probably the starter, but they're more than capable of being that tandem, if need be. For sure, yeah. It's, it gives you an option where... And if something were to happen to Huso, you feel, at least uh, on July 2nd, you feel comfortable like Reimer can go out there and be a 1A for a short period of time if, you know, Huso were to miss any amount of time. And obviously if, you know, if it's December and the dude has an 880 save percentage that that opinion no longer stands. But right now in July, we can feel that way. Yeah, and so we're going to take a quick uh, quick break, but when we come back, we're going to talk about Alex Lyon and get to the rest of the guys that were signed by the Detroit Red Wings. But first, got to talk to you guys today about FanDuel. Take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bet bonus bets, up to $2,000 or $200. I'm sorry, got it wrong, $200. The last one was $2,000. This one's $200. That's right, just Bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's $200. You can spend betting everything from the money line to the over under to who you think is going to be going to hit the first home run all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus when you win, you can get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel America's number one sports book. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash on. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. Segment two, Locked On Red Wings podcast. Scotty and I are talking briefly, just kind of giving a brief reaction to each individual signing. Go more in depth as the week goes on. Uh, Red Wings then went on to sign another goalie, Scotty, which that, this one caught me off guard, but I like this signing even more. Signing Alex Lyon out of the Florida Panthers. This last season with the Florida Panthers, he had a 914 save percentage and a limited 15 games played. 
Got to put that out there, but kind of crumpled in the playoffs. Four games, 888, save percentage. Bobrovsky took over. And honestly, between him and Kachuk, might have won the Con Smythe had the yeah. Panthers gone all the way. Uh, but Alex Lyon, two years at nine, I'm sorry, two years with a $900,000 cap hit. I think he'll probably end up serving most of his season in Grand Rapids with uh, Bradstrom rocking away, walking away. It's going to be probably either uh, him and Lethman or him and Casa, Cosa in Grand Rapids with the Griffins. And I think that's a great idea because, I mean, he's proved it limited in limited exposure at the NHL level. He can perform. So, you know, if an injury happens, he can be your first call up. Uh, yeah, this is uh, very like quietly one of my favorite signings. <laughs> mm-hmm. It won't be my favorite because, again, like you said, at the end of the day, it'll be more of a depth signing. But like two years for a 30 year old that in again, like you said, in his limited time uh, has like shown the ability to be a fine, serviceable backup. Uh, yeah, as long as there isn't. Uh, so many injuries ahead of him on the depth chart where he ever has to be like the one a <laughs> like th- this is going to be a, a nice value sign. He's, he's never mm. going to be a world beater, but uh, I mean, we saw how quickly last season, the last two seasons, actually we we've seen firsthand how quickly uh, a goalie room can thin out. And I, I think that this is one of those like, okay, we're, we're going to give ourselves insurance and, and it's, like, no matter what, we're going to have this insurance, dang it, because, like, we're not doing what's been happening the last couple of seasons all over again where, you know, one goalie struggles or one goalie get, gets hurt, and then the entire goalie situation is just a disaster. Yep. Um, and then after that, Scotty, the Red Wings move on and sign the first question mark of the offseason. Yes. Um, Justin Hull out of the Toronto Maple Leafs, a 10-team no-trade list, three years, $3.4 million dollars. Every single year, uh, he does fill a huge need in that he is a right side D man who is six foot four and two hundred and ten pounds. He is uh, well known as a defensive defenseman who is good at puck retrievals in the defensive zone and breakouts. That about does it. Now you want to be careful too because he is he became the scapegoat for the Toronto Maple Leafs, especially in the playoffs. Uh, he kind of like the defensive version of Mitch Marner on that hockey team. And whenever Toronto hates somebody, you got to take it with a grain of salt. In my opinion because they either overhype or overhate anyone on their roster outside of like Austin Matthews. Cause he deserves all the hype. Uh, he's so kind of talented. I don't hate this signing as much as I hate some of the other, or uh, some other people claim to hate this signing. I think that it is an overpay at $3.4 million, but I think that's a drop in the bucket considering how much cap space the Red Wings have and the, how desperate and depressed the market is and how desperate the Red Wings were for right side D man. I, I think that this signing is fine especially with the cap going up so much in the next few years, I think it's going to be fine. I don't, I don't think it's that big a deal as people are making out to be. I don't think he's as bad as people are trying to make it out to be. I don't even think this is as bad as the Sherratt signing last year. And some people are saying it's worse. I think this is better than the Sherratt signing. Uh, yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I, I was uh, curious when, because we didn't really go through, because we wanted to save the conversation for the recording. We didn't really go through our thoughts uh, over the weekend when these signings were happening. And I, and I was wondering if we were going to to disagree or butt heads on that one. And, and we aren't because I, I agree with you. I, I think that uh, this is this is fine. Like uh, the, the biggest thing, again, is uh, the, the wings have or at least uh, well had uh, so much cap space going into free agency. Um, and, and I was talking to, uh, to to a buddy of mine about 
just free agency and and he's one of the the ducks fans that i keep in touch with and they made some you know big money bigger money signings that had some people scratching their heads too and i i said to him i was like i i think people sometimes forget that like cap space is only an asset if eventually you plan on using it and that doesn't mean just spend stupidly and that doesn't mean just fill up the cap space just to fill it up but for three years and for 3.4 with as you said the cap space only the cap rather just going up in general next year like it's it's definitely going to um i i really think that there's a lot worse ways to spend money it does fill a need He's not going to put points on the board. He's not going to be a point producer, but uh, for especially for the right side of our defense, they just need depth and they need good, solid defensive defensemen. I, I no. yeah, I, I have a hard time being as as angry as a lot of other people seem to be about this one. I, I he's not going to be the best defenseman in the league, no, but he's going to be a bottom four D man on this team. I, I don't, I don't know. And, and let me be clear. Is it a guy I would have personally signed? No. Do I think it's yeah, okay? Agree. Yes. But do I think it's the end of the world? Like some people are making it sound to be? No, I think he's going to be a, a productive defenseman in the back end. That's going to eat a lot of minutes. And I think that is, you know, I think that's fine. I, I don't think it's the end of the world. This team as long so as he's not a traffic cone out there, it'll well, be fine. Some like, people <laughs> will say that he is. So that's where the argument. Right. Comes I, I understand. But I like if, especially like after this season, right? Like this, if you're just looking at it in a one-year vacuum, like you're going to pay him 3.4 this year, then next year the cap is going to go up. You're going to have some more, you know, money off the books. We'll talk about that a little bit later, I'm sure. And then you're going to have two years left of him at 3.4 in the back end, two-year deal at that point. I don't know. I I just, I, I don't think it's like a super long-term, like handcuff commitment. It doesn't screw this team salary cap wise. It fills a need. I, I really don't have too much of an issue with it. Yeah. I mean, it's just, we'll, we'll talk more about it as the week goes on. Yeah, but overall, yeah. my thoughts are like, I would have preferred we didn't sign him, but I don't think it's the end of the world that they did. Um, and he, sure, like that's, I, like yeah, I, again, he, he wasn't number one on my list. I'm not throwing a parade that we got him, but yeah, yeah I, I don't think it's like <laughs> ruining the off season. Um, let's move on to some of the signings I did like, uh, JT Comfort. I, this is somebody I pointed out before free agency started, that this is a guy I, I kind of want the Red Wings to get Red Wings are weak down the middle. He can play center and right wing, which actually right wing is a side that they do need a little bit of help in as well. Um, not a fan of the term five years at 5.1 it, this, uh, but he is 28 years old. So he's on the right side of 30. So, you know, by the time that five years is up, you know, it's not really going to hurt the Red Wings too much, too bad. Um, it just kind of my only hesitation with this deal is it feels like this year's Andrew Cop in that and coming off of a career year, um, 28 years old, you signed to a five-year deal for like $5 million. I think to the date, to the time, at least when he was signed, Comfort was like the highest value contract signed this off season. Mm-hmm. I think I saw, I don't know if that's been surpassed now on day number three, by the time people are listening to this. Um, but he had 52 points in 82 games played at the Colorado Avalanche this, this the past year historically he's probably good for like 33, 35. That's what I don't like is you're paying $5.1 million for a guy who's going to get probably between 30 and 40 points. I think that's an overpay, but that's free agency. But what I do like is again, huge fill, a huge need filled down the center, down the middle or on the wing. If that's where he ends up playing, he's another right-handed shot, which is really important. Um, I, I know some people might think I'm making too much out of the right-handed shots, but they're so hard to come by and they can contribute so much to um, a team and he has great two-way play. He's great two-way player. 
again, kind of this year's Andrew Cop without the core muscle surgery. Right. Yeah. No. I. I let, let's go to break, and I'll kind of riff after because I. Yeah. I, I think the only question is really the term, but the player. I think not only do I really like it, but I think he's dang near a perfect fit in the in the newsy system. Absolutely. We'll take a quick break when we come back. Scotty's thoughts on JT Comfort. Segment three. So dramatic. So dramatic. Segment three. Locked on Red Wings podcast. Scotty, what are your uh, initial thoughts on the JT Comfort deal? Well, my my first thought was that's a lot of money. Um, it is. Certainly. I, I Let me get one thing out of the way. I have zero issue with five years. Like, zero. Truly. The only issue I have is, is I mean, it's, it's over five by five, right? Like, if it was mm-hmm. five years and you shave a million off, I think a lot of people would be a, a lot more receptive of the deal. And I know a lot of people initially kind of screamed overpay on this one, too. But, um I mean, I, I could, you know, reiterate the same thing with the salary cap that, that I kind of just explained, right? Like you, you, you have to utilize the cap room you have eventually. Um, and on top of that, this isn't like a, like this is going to hinder you for the next five years. Like people act like if, if you overpay someone a million dollars a year, that it's like going to turn into like the, the, the worst contract ever. And like all overpays just like prevent teams from spending in the future. And that's like, not how it works at all. And even with the, whatever, 10 contracts, the wings handed out in two days, they still have like 10 mil until they're even at the salary cap. So like, it's, it's like, this isn't going to prevent them from doing stuff in the future. Albeit I, I do agree. It is uh, probably more than I would have expected JT Comfort to get. Um, but I, I mean, as far as the player on the ice, I, I love it. I think that it is, uh, as far as fit goes, it might be the best fit of the entire off season. Uh, I, I mean, I'm looking down the list that I, I think there's a really real argument that, you know, he fits into what the Red Wings really needed and are trying to do this, uh, this fall, uh, better than maybe anybody. I mean, I, I guess goalie maybe is something, but like hmm. as far as skaters go, he, he probably is the best fit of, of the entire offseason. Like you said, great two-way player. Uh, he's going to really bolster up the forward defense, which was such a, uh, a a point of emphasis for this team this season and in the like newsy system, right? The new system that was implemented, like they talked a lot about how they they really wanted forwards to play good de- good defense, um, and and he certainly will help in that regard. And yeah, I mean, I I don't expect fifty two every single year either. I completely agree with that, but um, I don't think it's ridiculous if he plays eighty uh, to to uh, assume that around forty points and around a twenty. Well, I don't know, a 2020 season, year in and year out, I don't think should be completely off the table. I mean, the, the last two years, he's gotten 18 and 17. I guess his career high is 18 goals in a season. But I, I think that if he's pushing uh, a 2020 year, uh, or maybe if the assists are a little higher than uh, what he brings defensively and how well I think he is going to fit this season is a huge, this, um, not season. I've said the word a million times already, and now I just forgot it. System. Uh, he fits this system so well. I, I I'm I'm pretty uh, I'm pretty pleased with this one, albeit uh, again, it, admittedly, uh, a little bit more money than I would have assumed. Yeah, and also note too, he's really good on the power play, which is also a, a position of need. I, I again, I like the signing a ton. He he's kind of again, he's like the inverse of Andrew Cop, or Andrew Cop's like a penalty kill guy. Um, right. I like the signing a lot. 
I just, again, too much money, too much term, but I also understand depressed market, this free agency, that's what's going to happen. Yeah, that certainly helps. That's that's literally how it's going to happen when there's just not as much talent on the free agent market, guys who are going to get a little bit too much money. But I really like his addition, as I like Daniel Sprong's addition. Uh, another forward, right-handed shot, uh, can play right wing, left wing. $2 million for one year. This is a, again, we're talking about taking a flyer on a guy, right? Yeah. This is taking a flyer on a guy who's coming off a career year at the Seattle crack. And he had 46 points in 66 games played 21 goals, 25 assists. Uh, he's never sniffed that level of production before this past year. So this is Steve Eisman giving him one year to sit and saying, prove it. And he's going to fit right in, in the middle, probably middle, maybe bottom six. It's hard to tell with this Red Wings team's uh, current structure where he'll go. But, I mean, he's going to get every opportunity. Again, he, and he played sheltered minutes with Seattle, too. I think he averaged, like, a, maybe 11 minutes a night at best. So he's going to get more minutes here to try and replicate that kind of production. So I'm really excited to see what he can do. Yeah. This was, uh, yeah, he averaged 11.25 uh, this year. But, yeah, and, and like, when you look across at, uh, you know, like, Comfort, we already said, who's, who's 28 years old. Uh, and then Sprung, you know, 26 and, and just getting that one year kind of prove it deal. Um, yeah, I, I, again, kind of I'll just kind of regurgitate the, the thoughts I had at the very beginning. Like th- this team has the asset of playing time in the bottom six that they can offer to free agents and to trade partners. And uh, that will hopefully give even more value to some people in, in a in a market that was like you said kind of suppressed so yeah I'm, I'm i'm super excited about this one i mean uh, he did have a 21 25 season in just 66 games this year uh so mm-hmm. adding that into you know a lot more playing time uh hopefully more games played as well i, I mean i i'm actually really really excited about this one yeah, and then, so this one, I was kind of a little bit of a head-scratcher for me. Uh, adding Christian Fisher from the Arizona Coyotes, one-year deal, $1.125 million, 26 years old. Plink can play right wing or left wing, right-handed shot, Steve Eisman. And I think I'm starting to figure out what his uh, MO was this offseason, filling up on right-handed shots, which I can respect. Uh, but, you know, his career uh, career best was 79 games played back in 18. He had 33 points. This year was his second-best year, 27 points in 80. He's a depth forward, and that's pretty much all I know about Christian Fisher. Yeah, well, I, I mean, and, and this team needed depth forwards. Like, I, I don't think it's, you know, I, I don't think this is like a, a big brain thing. I think this is just they you needed right shot for like depth forwards. And yeah, they, they got a guy who, like you said, put a, had 13 goals and 14 assists this year. Like if he can do play a full season and be around a 15-15 player in the bottom six, I think everyone would be pretty pumped about that. I mean, if he's a fourth liner, you get 15-15 out of a fourth liner. I think everyone would would be really, really excited about it. So, yeah, I, I don't think that this is, you know, like rocket science. I think this is just trying to trying to fill a need with some of the best out there. He's only 26 years old. Another, uh, you know, one-year kind of prove-it thing. It's $1.1 million. If it doesn't work out, who cares anyway? Yeah, I, I think this is, this is adding depth. The, the one overlying theme throughout this entire – free agency period is I think we're going to this fall look back at the depth of the Red Wings and realize that it got better. The top end talent, they weren't able to add there. Clearly they weren't active enough on the trade, not active enough. That's probably too dramatic, but like clearly they, they didn't add anyone via trade and the free agency market was just as such where there wasn't really a game breaking, like 
break the bank. You're going to get a, you know, over a point per game player that the wings were willing to go out there and get in free agency. So they said, okay, well, we're going to play to what the market has. And that's a whole lot of depth players and the wings lost a whole lot of depth players. Like, I think it's just filling holes is really what they did this entire, you know, first three days of free agency here. And, and I'm, I'm not too mad about the, the, the current result. I almost said final result. Yeah. Uh, and then we move on to our, the Red Wings final signing as of, as I know it right now. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anyone I've missed, but that would be Shane Ghostis bear. A one-year, $4 million contract, 4.125 to be exact, 30 years old, shoots left, can play both left defense and right defense. I'm a little surprised he only got one year, but um, and I kind of got ratioed on Twitter because it was a knee-jerk reaction. I called it a reclamation project because my when I think of uh, Ghost Despair, I think of like how he had gone through some troubles earlier in his career, um, but uh, it was not the case anymore. He's been pretty dang good his last few seasons, and I... I, I own up to the fact that that was a, just a knee jerk reaction. Um, and I could not stand up for myself because the li- rate limits were exceeded. <laughs> <laughs> so I was getting ratioed and I couldn't like That's respond why, to anyone. There was a it's couple awful. people that like added the, the Red Wings account and were like, Oh, like, you know, like, uh, like a few people that were like, Oh, you know, like lockdown Red Wings, whatever. And, said reclamation project and i was like we never said that, that i was, was like me. who said i was like i'm i was like unless unless that just slipped out on accident i have zero recollection of us on the show ever calling him a reclamation project because i don't believe that so thank you for explaining to me what happened obviously i haven't seen any tweets either because of the rate limit thing so yeah that was um, me i was just wrong um and i'll own up to that, no, that, that was, yeah uh, hey whatever was in, i saw the signing and i just tweeted the first thing that came into my head uh but anyways the player itself really liked the signing um, he's a puck moving defenseman. He can play, he plays both defensively and offensively pretty well. He had 41 points this last year, split, split time with the coyotes and the hurricanes career high of 65 points back with the flyers in 18. I mean, this is, this guy is, he's a huge ad, I think for the Red Wings on the back end. I mean, you just instantly got what, I mean, I, I don't know where he would fit in the lineup, but hot dang, like that really makes the back end a lot better. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll say right now, if, if we're doing like favorite and, and least favorite signings, this is my favorite signing of mm-hmm. the offseason. And I it's pretty comfortable at that. I I've, I texted one of my <laughs> best friends who's really into the wings and we kind of freaked out together. At, like you said, I mean, we've talked about it. And we've cited it a couple of times. Um, his Philly career was a roller coaster, right? Yeah. Like he went from like top prospect that like, was he was a runner-up for the Calder his rookie season uh, with with Philly. He got Norris votes, like down ballot. He finished like 15th or something, but he got Norris votes as a rookie. Um, He got like Bing votes. He was a reserve for the All-Star game as a rookie. Like he was, he he had a, like jumped onto the scene, had 17 goals as a rookie defenseman, uh, 30 assists. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. with, with plus defense as well. Uh, and was, was like really splashed onto the scene. And then kind of the next, the rest of his Philly career really was just a roller coaster of ups and downs at one point had five goals in 42 games in 1920, uh, like just production down across the board. His average time on ice started going down because of it. Um, but then, you know, it, it was almost like an every other year thing, weirdly enough. And then he left Philly, uh, goes to Arizona, puts together a really, really nice season his first year in Arizona. And then last year, obviously, is uh, is part of the, the, the trade market and, uh, and finds himself on Carolina to end the season. But 
Like this is just a, a guy who, when he's at his best, is genuinely one of I don't want to call him like the premier or like the best defenseman in the NHL. I'm not trying to rile people up too much, but when he's at his best, he is a game-changing defenseman, like legitimately a game changer. And he is probably on your second pair. Like, I like that's that's phenomenal. And it's a one-year deal. Like he he's probably gonna take the prove it deal. If he has a really good season, he'll be gone next year because he'll want, you know, a, a bigger contract and that's fine. But um, as, as far as value, a one year, four mil, uh, and like just filling what the wings are trying to do here. I am in love with this addition. I, I cannot say enough good things about it. Um, and, and it, it really is like all reward without any of the huge risk because, Again, it's a one-year deal, A, but B, you added so much defensively and you have so much defensive depth within prospects in your system as well that if it does go wrong and he does end up going back to one of the years where he was not productive at all, then it's really like not the biggest deal in the world to you. Like you can trade deadline to me. Right. So it, it, it's, I love it. I, I, like I said, to me, this is, this is my favorite move of the off season uh, for the Red Wings. Um, and, and honestly, one of my like favorite deals, I guess, like when looking around the league, I think it's one of the best value deals um, that was made over the last few days. Yeah. And uh, there were two more signings Red Wings made, but these were strictly like depth signings for the Griffins. It was uh Brogan Rafferty, 28 years old, uh two way contract. And then also Tim Gettinger, um, 25 years old, uh, two-way contract. So he'll be, they'll both be playing in the Grand Rapids. Those are just more depth guys. Um, Scotty, we're already over time. I wanted to talk about Bertuzzi. We'll have to save that for another day, but he's going on to going to Toronto for one year. Uh, so not the term that he wanted. We'll talk Weird about that. Deal. Yeah. We'll talk about that tomorrow. Um, real quick, favorite, least favorite acquisition. Uh, I will say, I mean, favorite clearly, uh, ghost bear least favorite. Um, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I have like an overwhelming least favorite, I guessed hall, but like, again, I, uh, like you're asking me to pick my least favorite. I guess it's him, but I, I already, as I said, you know, 20 minutes ago, like I, I'm not nearly as mad as everybody else is, but when yeah. compared to, I guess the 10 or 12 people we signed, I guess he's, he's at the bottom, but it, it can I, be I, I don't your think least, it's a crippling move. It can be your least favorite, but still you like it more than what other people are making. Yeah. And that's where, I, that's where I'm at. Like it's, yeah. it's still my least favorite signing. I gave my, my opinions pretty clearly back in segment one, um, but, or was it two either way? Uh, but I don't hate it as much as other people. It's still my least favorite, but I think I'm with you. I mean, I guess for the sake of just being different, I'll say Daniel Sprong was my favorite signing. Sure. Um, but Ghost of Spare is right up there too. So I like those yeah. deals a lot as like a, a big prove it. Uh, so yeah, later this week, guys, as it goes on, we're going to talk Bertuzzi. Um, just to, just to and we'll break situation. these down, you know, like one by one, kind of go a little yeah. bit more in depth too. Talk this was kind of just like initial reaction to everything type of episode. Uh, also, we'll talk about, you know, why did the Red Wings spend so much money, especially after some of the comments that Steve Eisman made during the draft. Um, and we'll talk about, you know, how much better this team really is because of this. So this is all to come later this week. So just stay tuned to Lockdown Red Wings, guys. Uh, Scotty, any final thoughts? Uh, we ball. We ball. We'll be back with a new episode tomorrow. Same time, same place. It's your team every, every day. day.